Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, back in the Ohio room. We're back with Ohio Capital Journal uh, journalist uh, Tyler Buchanan. How's it going? Doing good. Always glad to be on here with you. Yeah, it's always fun to have you on. Um, you know, the state news keeps changing by the minute. So I, I almost feel obligated to say we are taping this um, Thursday night, February 4th, because you never know. An hour after we get done taping, everything could be different. But one of the breaking news that, you know, we were talking about this beforehand, and you're right, it caught everybody off guard. Amy Acton, former Ohio Department of Health Director, uh, there's been some talk of, hey, is she going to run for senator? And nothing was happening. But now she is leaving her current job at, at the um, Columbus Foundation, and she put out a statement by a political consultant. So it sure as heck sounds like she's going for it. Yeah, I think, you know, this has been now – as of when we're taping this, it's been maybe, I don't know, the days are running together now. It's been maybe a week or so since we saw some initial reporting from uh, people that were close to Acton were sort of signaling that she was interested in, in running. Um, obviously, today's announcement that she's quitting her job and she didn't specifically say, or the statement didn't uh, specifically say she was jumping in the race, but I don't think you would send out that statement and I don't think you would quit your job unless basically uh, this is it. So it, we're just going to kind of present this as sort of an indication that she's running. Um, yeah, I, you know, when we talk about what the 2022 election kind of cycle looks like, this is the Portman race, obviously, and we're talking about many other statewide elections that Democrats are going to have to field candidates for. And there really isn't a, a very large bench that the Democrats have to draw from. So so when this Portman race became open, when we heard that Portman was not going to be running for re-election, um, Acton's name just kind of came up because there's really, you know, there's just not that many names uh, for them to draw from. The fact that she's now indicating that she's going to run, I think, is more the surprise. Um, you know, she's got the name recognition. She has a very large social media following, despite the fact that she really isn't active on social media. There's a fan club with 125,000 people yeah. on for her. Um, she has 52,000 Twitter followers, and she's never tweeted once. Pretty good. Um, right. So, so she has, you know, she has this name recognition about her. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting if she actually ends up jumping in. Um, I guess we will know sooner than later. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how long she will actually, you know, sit sit and mull it around. So I guess we'll we'll have to see. 
I guess her resignation is kind of open-ended. I mean, I guess she could change her mind. You know, I'm sure Columbus Foundation would take her back. But like you said, all indications really point to the fact that she is running. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting. Um, I know at my work with the Dispatch and Cincinnati Inquirer, we pulled the gallery of people who have talked about running. And there's 15 That's people a long, on the track. That must, that must be a long photo gallery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of hits on that. Yeah, there's like 15 people that have tracked that we've tracked that have said they're considering. Now again, that yeah. number could rise or lower by the day, and we're gonna have to work hard to keep it updated. Um, it's funny. I mean, the names that we're hearing a lot. You know, I'm hearing Tim Ryan a lot. I'm hearing Nan Whaley, and Nan Whaley is stepping away from Dayton Mayor, so unless she's got another gig lined up, she's definitely running for something. Um, it'll be interesting. Uh, Whaley and Ryan seem to be kind of mulling either governor or. Senate. So be interested to see how those shake out. Yeah. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me, um, this is something that I wrote about very shortly after Portman uh, made his announcement. And within, you know, people that remember that 48 hour period right after that, it was like just rapid fire, like this person's considering it and that person's giving it a thought. And one of one of the big things here um, that separates some people Versus the others. I've, I've been trying to emphasize this point because I, I think some people don't know. Um, when you're running for something like a federal office, like the U.S. Senate or the U.S. Uh, representative, so in, in Congress, basically, you have a federal finance uh, campaign finance committee that can raise funds for a race like this. People that are running in Ohio, such as for governor, for um, the state legislature, uh, things like that, they have a state campaign finance committee. You cannot use state money for a federal race, okay? So when we heard people like John Houston, lieutenant governor, was considering initially, he's since uh, withdrawn consideration. Right, right. We heard Dave Yost, attorney general, um, initially gave it some consideration. He has since withdrawn his uh, that consideration. Um, some of these names, um, they they are at a natural disadvantage because if they jump into a federal race like this, they start with zero dollars raised. Contrast that with somebody like Jim Jordan, who when when Jim was identified as somebody who was considering this race, not only does he have the name recognition and people talk about the political, you know, he has the Trump lane, et cetera. He has a federal campaign account with millions of dollars on hand already. So he was he, he's identified not just because he has name recognition in the politics, but again, money is so much a part of politics now that it, it's just a natural factor in this. Um, so, so I bring this up in the, in the context of Tim Ryan, he is in that federal side. So he, he's already there. He only has $20,000 on hand. That's as of the end of 2020. So, so a Tim Ryan versus a, an Amy Acton, it's not like Tim Ryan has this, you know, big war chest that Amy Acton, when she jumps into the race and has $0 raised, has to compete with. Um, the democratic side is far more open versus the Republican side, which, you know, there's, that's basically why you saw every single person in Congress from the Republican side, you know, Steve Stivers, Jim Jordan, Warren Davidson, Brad Wenstrup, you go down the list, like eight of the 12 or something um, said they're considering it. And the reason they're considering it is because they've already got money that they've raised that they didn't use in 2020, that if they jump into this race, um, they can they can start. I think one of the one of the reasons why I think we will hear from Acton sooner than later is because you have to set up that you basically have to set up that exploratory committee and then eventually that 
campaign finance committee to raise money for a Democratic primary. And if she waits months, let's say, to consider this, that's months of potential fundraising time that she would be foregoing. So I think we will know sooner than later because she would basically create that committee and get the, get the ball rolling, basically. And she's going to be interesting because she certainly has a pretty good favorable rating when you look back at her time as Department of Health. But one of the things we were talking about in the main podcast was we had no idea what she thinks. Like you talk about the Democratic Party, there's a big kind of, not a huge divide like on the Republicans, but, you know, there's some very progressive people want to go that way. And there's some people who say, well, let's go moderate to try to attract more Republicans. I have no idea what type of Democrat she is. And that's like criticism. That's, you know, it's going to be fascinating to find out as soon as she continues to run. I mean, other than her ideas on COVID, I mean, I don't really know much else about her. Yeah, no, that's, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's going to be really interesting because, again, what do people know about her? They know she was the, the state health director that gave me all the COVID info when all of this started, right? That's that's the political context. And that's really the context she has to run on. I mean, if, if she were to run, she would have to obviously – she would have to develop her, her policy positions and, and all of those things too. And she's – you know, I don't think anybody doubts her – intelligence or know-how or ability to construct those things if she doesn't already privately already. But that's, what's interesting about it is her position as state health director, all that stuff was in the background, the political considerations, things like that. That was for DeWine to decide. Her role was on the, was more on the health side. Now, was she, was she in those, uh, you know, deliberations to talk about, okay, you know, if we instituted this health order, you know, what's the, how are people going to react to this? I'm sure she was, but in terms of the public facing, the outward facing, what people know about her, um, she was an apolitical role. She was a Democrat serving in a Republican administration. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, I think that's probably part of what she's considering right now is not only do I want to run, but if I run, how, um, for, for the democratic party, I, you know, honestly, I don't think it's the worst thing to have sort of an unusual candidate like this. Somebody that she, she comes from politics and that she was in a, in a political gubernatorial administration, but she, she doesn't come in a traditional political sense. I think people know what I mean when I say that. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing for the Democrats to field a, a popular candidate like that. They haven't won a statewide race besides the Supreme Court, besides Sherrod Brown since, what, 15 years ago? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, going in a new direction and just picking somebody, um, when I say pick somebody, you know, I mean, the, I mean, the, the voting populace, not the party itself, you know, choosing, fielding a candidate for the general that fits a different profile, fits in, you know, somebody that stands for what I think the Democratic Party wants to put forward, somebody who's bright, somebody that says, you know, good ideas to help help the public, um, emphasizing public health, emphasizing science. These are things we heard a lot, you know, on, on Joe Biden's campaign trail during COVID. So, you know, people might see her lack of political experience as a downside. I'm looking at it first as a candidate and just given the Democrats track record in Ohio the last year, decade or so, I, you know, I just, I don't see that as, as a candidate downside as in a normal yeah, situation yeah. as you might. So. Yeah, and especially if she's moderate. I mean, you know, she's been popular. I, I know there's a faction of Republicans that are going to like activism. 
her thoughts on COVID. But I mean, I think she's got the power to draw moderate Republicans. I mean, again, unless she comes out and says, "Hey, I'm really progressive. I'm I'm really far on the left," but probably to her political advantage if she chooses to run. I mean, hey, if she's a moderate, she might be in. Who knows? Yeah. So it, it's just you know, I think it's gonna a couple things are gonna depend. One, uh, you know, whatever. Whatever she comes up with, you know, ahead of time in terms of what lane that she thinks she's going to have, it's going to depend on which other candidates are in the race. You know, you're going to base your own strategy and you're not not shifting your persona, so to speak. But it's just to say, you know, you're going to you're going to pick your lane um, and your focuses, you know, in in relation to the other candidates in the race. If it's just Tim Ryan, um, you know, then it's basically well-known Ohio male Democratic politician versus the popular sort of newcomer. If you start to see other people in the race, um, if there are other women that, that, that jump in, I think uh, Joyce Beatty is somebody that has said that she's vaguely considering it. Um, you go down the list, um, you know, she might, she might have a, have a tougher time. It's, it's just gonna, it's gonna depend. I think the last thing to say is, you know, while there are a lot of Democrats initially who threw their name out there, which is very logical. It's not every day that a Senate seat is available like this. Um, the Democrats, again, they just, there's so many seats that they have to field statewide in 2022 and not that many potential competitive Democrats that I don't see this vast field of an open primary with all these candidates I just don't see that. They just can't afford. They don't have. They don't have the, the the roster. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at that gallery, and there's some like you know the Franklin County Treasurer and other stuff, and nothing against them, but I'm looking at name recognition. Oh, Danny O'Connor. Yeah, right? I'm looking at name recognition of him against Amy after him against Tim Ryan. No, but. But just think oh, again. There's a state can There's a state treasurer race. I'm not. I have no idea if he's yeah. considering. Let's just say there's a state treasurer race. There's a state auditor race. There's governor, lieutenant right. governor. There's attorney general. Yeah. <laughs> like like there's other things than just the Portman race. Although the idea of a you know a federal office and you're going to D.C. and being a senator has so much stature, um, I can understand the initial interest. But I think we're going to see them whittle into the different races as we. And the best I could say, obviously, we're giving educated guesses. I mean, we work in this business, so, I mean, we can put some facts behind what we're saying, but we don't know for certain because we're not in their heads, and they may be changing their minds as we speak. Um, I really think Nan Whaley is probably more of a governor candidate. Like, I think back to that Cleveland.com uh, column she wrote a couple of weeks back where her main criticism was House Bill 6, which seems to be a lot more of a state issue than a federal issue. Now, again, Way too early, but it sounds like she's got her eyes a little bit set more in Columbus and Washington. Yeah, it's sort of a funny it's a funny thing that way because running technically speaking, running for state treasurer, running for US Senate, running for governor, you have the same electorate, which is everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But your your what you are running on and the topics in which you are focused on are obviously vastly vastly different. Nan Whaley, somebody who is focused on, for instance, she's focused a lot on state gun policy. Um, If you're running for governor, state gun policy is going to be something that's very much at the foreground. Whereas if you're running for the U.S. Senate seat, um, state policy is not really a relevant thing for you. And as you, I think you, as you astutely mentioned, you know, just that Nan Whaley has been very Ohio focused, very logical. She's in 
well-known mayor from Ohio. Uh, it, it would seem to be a more logical, a logical guess as to who, again, whittles into some of these different candidate roles. And, and who knows what the final race is going to turn out to be, but Whaley against DeWine would be kind of an intriguing matchup because they stood together. Um, think back to after that awful shooting in Dayton, and then, you know, when uh, DeWine took his stance on the gun bill, you know, Whaley kind of distanced herself and criticized him too. So a lot of fascinating races that could end up, but I think Whaley DeWine might be in there some race just to see the, the spark fly. Yep, she she I I think nobody nobody doubts that she would be a formidable candidate for anything she would run for. Again, we 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 talk and we joke sometimes about the Democrats now having a big bench. Well, if they've got a starter, it's her. Yeah, I mean I mean like if she's the she's the one name that you just seem to always always seems to gravitate um, to something. It's it's very clear that she's you know interested in this kind of talk. So. I'm fascinated to see how she does. I'm fascinated to see how Amy Acton does. I, I think she could be an incredible politician, or she might be disappointing. I don't know. It, it's just it's fascinating to kind of see how she develops. It's yeah. The, the the last thing I would say, as we are still in the very early speculation oh, yeah. stuff, um, the last thing I'd say is, you know, we're in a time period in American politics where being and I, I I want to refer to her as an outsider in that she has not held public office in terms of elect, elected office. That's that's sort of what I mean. She, she's had, like I said, a role within administration um, in in politics, but really health health director, it's, we just don't view it politically. It's, it's a very apolitical role. Um, I, just to say, you know, having, not having that experience and running for U.S. Senate, again, I just, I, for people to know, there's 100 U.S. Senators, 47 of them, I think when I counted this the week or two back, 47 of them were previously U.S. representatives. They were already in Congress at some point, either directly or sometime prior. So half of them were already federally elected, right? And 20 or 30 or 40 more are like, you know, governors or other state offices. It's rare that you see an outsider in, but more and more you, you do see it. And and sometimes you know, with as much you know vitriol as there is in politics, which with as much divisiveness, sometimes being an outsider has its benefits. So that's what I would say. I, I would say don't count her out just because she doesn't have political well, or elective well, experience. The thing is, like you said, it's way too early, and um, obviously lots to report on. But I mean, we're having a billion conversations, I'm sure, about this before the filming. Uh, shakes out, but it's fun. It's an interesting conversation. I want to end up with something completely off topic, completely fun. Um, I noticed uh, I like following you on Twitter, and over the weekend, I saw you started a Twitch account, and I got excited, and I thought, man, for the podcast, we need a Twitch account. And I like playing video games, so what's it like? I, I know you haven't done much, but you were doing backyard baseball. What do you play it on? Yeah, I um, it's all PC gaming. Um, we do have a Nintendo Switch here, um, but in terms of every, anything that I play on, it's all it's all on Steam and it's all PC. Yeah, my 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 brother is like a tech genius and has been streaming for years and years and years. Um, and I and I watch occasionally, and, and it's there's just something fun about you know being able to play something and people are watching and people are like chatting and ever. You know, everyone's having a good time, and it, I don't know. It, it seemed like a cool 
thing to jump into. I'm, I'm total novice at it. I have like 30 followers or something. So right. there, there are people that are Twitch streamers that it's like they hop on and immediately have like 2,000 people watching them play whatever, you know, GTA or something. But but I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting in the Twitch streets a little bit and kind of trying yeah. it out. I'm struggling with myself of what to do because I know if you're a really great gamer, you know, people are like, dang, you know, Chris is a great gamer. I got to hear everything he has to say. I am not a great gamer. And I'm kind of wondering, like, do you have to try to be entertaining like you are on a podcast? I mean, I honestly struggled. I, I, I played a demo of what the Super Bowl would look like, Tampa Bay and um, Kansas City. And I'm sitting here, and I'm literally on the Twitch going, all right, do I talk about the game? Do I talk about my video game ability, so I just kind of made fun of Twitch, made fun of football, yelled at Antonio Brown, leaving up the hell because they're my Steelers who are now playing for a Super Bowl ring. I guess it's okay. I mean, I'm not sure what to talk about during this. Yeah, one, one thing that I, I'm considering, and I got to figure out, like, what would be the way to do some of this stuff, but there is, like, such a I mean, as you know, you running a podcast and you're trying to get, get viewers and stuff, there's, there's an audience out there for people just to like watch and observe um, some version of political content. I don't know. I don't know how to call this, but when I when I was doing, for example, right after Householder got arrested, I was doing a lot of campaign finance research, and I had like these spreadsheets open where I'm like looking through documents, and it's like every every dollar he donated, I was like, you know, on an Excel spreadsheet or whatever, and I it, and I literally it was a Google, it was a Google spreadsheet, so people can observe it. And I, I posted the link on Twitter and said, Hey, I'm going to, I'm spending the evening doing, doing some data research. Um, if you want to follow along, and I, it's seriously, there was like 20 accounts in there and I'm like updating, like what music I'm listening to. I mean, it was like super uninteresting and dorky, frankly. Um, yeah. but, people were, but, but like people just, I don't know, people just, you know, they like getting in there. So I, I've, I've wondered about like going on Twitch and like, if I'm working on some kind of project or, you know, reporting or otherwise, or, or, hey, let's get 20 people in and let's all, you know, I'm going to hold court and ask me some questions and we'll, we'll talk and, you know, mess around about Ohio politics and gab a little bit. Um, I think there would be, you know, sort of like an alternative podcast in a way, a live broadcast. I don't know. I've, I've given it given it some thought, so we'll see. I follow this guy that podcasts about um, the reality shows. And he has had some success when his reality shows on. He's like, "Hey, I'm here on Twitch. And I can't believe they're allowed to watch it because people sure got an audience. There, if there's one thing I know about the internet and Twitch in particular, there's an audience for everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to yeah. be good. You got to be entertaining. Like, it can't right, can't right. be a it can't be a bad viewing experience. But like, just in terms of like what the genre is." Crap! If I if I got I'll put it this way if I got twenty people watching a, a like a, a static spreadsheet on Google of Larry Householder campaign donations, I can find people to talk about anything. I swear. Oh, so we'll see. We'll see. Have fun to make it interesting and stuff. So. so yeah, yeah. One other quick question about that: Can you bring somebody on that's not with that um, device? So like a, like you know your PC does it have to be a PC gamer that has that accurate base? Well, like I'm wondering if you could bring in Gaston to comment on what you're doing, even if they don't have the device. I'm thinking about. I think. Oh, to 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 be over to like be in the voice call or whatever to like be yeah, heard yeah. or. Um, well, yeah. I think you can. I believe you can do it on Discord. So if you're streaming on oh. Twitch, if you're streaming on Twitch while also in a Discord call. 
my understanding is people li- people watching the Twitch stream would also hear the second person talking in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, th- I yeah, think. Because yeah. I can see there's some like you know back and forth with that. So I don't. You know, where, where it's one person playing and there's like kind of like a second host that's, you know. Well, the worst thing and I was doing it for about half hour is you're talking to yourself. I mean, I'm in the room by myself. At least I'm seeing you on the screen. We're talking and everything. Man, when you do it yourself and you look at a video game screen, it is creepy as you know what. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. Yep. Well, Tyler, thanks again for your time. And, yes, I promise we will talk more state politics. We just had to ask about Twitch. It's kind of been a little bit of an obsession for the past week. So we'll see where it goes. But, yeah, and we'll keep up to speed with what's happening. So, yeah, we'll have Tyler, and uh, it was great to have Jake Zuckerman last week. And uh, always good to keep up with our friends at Ohio Capital Journal. All right, well, thank you so much, Tyler. Have a wonderful day. Oh, com, and remind us of your Twitch program. Yeah, so, so again, it's OhioCapitalJournal.com. I think hopefully people that watch the show have seen us by now. Again, we're a nonprofit news agency, all online, all digital. Um, no ads, no subscriptions. It's a nonprofit. Everything's available to be read. Uh, mostly covering the state legislature, but we get into just generically Ohio politics. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and apparently on Twitch now, but uh, mostly on Twitter at, at Tyler Joel B. So T-Y-L-E-R-J-O-E-L-B. Uh, if you just search my name, Tyler Buchanan on Twitter, you'll find me. But Always all kinds of interesting tweets. We didn't even get you to talk about it, but um, very interesting tweets yesterday about uh, people weren't wearing masks at Ohio State House hearings. And it's something we'll have to touch on next time because I've got a lot of thoughts. We'll be getting into the three-hour podcast if we keep that up. But, yeah, always good follow. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. And thanks again, Tyler, uh, for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for checking out the Ohio. Y'all have a great day.